Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5,000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5,000. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Grimaldi in for Leslie Marshall for the next half hour. Leslie will be rejoining us uh, following her uh, TV appearance uh, starting in about just about 30 minutes. But in the meantime, as promised, we are joined by Jonah Minkoff-Zern, the co-director of Public Citizens Democracy is for People campaign uh, for a constitutional amendment to overturn the Citizens United Supreme Court ruling and take control of our nation away from billionaires and big business and restore it to the people. You can follow Jonah on Twitter at JonahMZ, that's J-O-N-A-H-M-Z, and check out Public Citizen's website, citizen.org. Jonah, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Mark. Absolutely. So, uh, Jonah, I know you and I were uh, fortunate enough to to meet in... uh, D.C. earlier this year and the uh, democracy uh, movement uh, at a couple of different events over uh, a different weekend earlier this year. And we were kind of talking about a lot of different issues, but a lot of them really focused on issues surrounding money and politics. So that's why uh, this next topic I know is uh, near and dear to my heart, very near and dear to yours as well. Um, And we are uh, talking about how after just a little under four years of campaigning uh, by your organization, New York uh, just recently, as of I think this past Friday, became the 17th state to call for a constitutional amendment overturning the U.S. Supreme Court court's disastrous citizens uh, united ruling tell us uh, the uh, significance of this jonah great and thanks uh, it was great to see you in dc and and it's an exciting point in our movement and i Absolutely. think the new york vic- victory is is emblematic of that um so we're uh we're officially announcing uh this wednesday at a press event in albany uh that new york has become the 17th state to call for an amendment um and it's it's really an important moment because not just because new york is such a big state um but also because new york is uh the first state with a republican controlled legislature in either house to call for an amendment um and i think why that really matters is is we you know, we've gotten the, the support of Democrats. Democrats are solidly behind the movement to call for a constitutional amendment uh, to overturn Citizens United. And all the Democrats supported the vote in the U.S. Senate two falls ago uh, for a constitutional amendment, which was a, a huge first step on, on our road uh, for an amendment. 
Um, what really matters now is that we're getting the support of Republicans. Uh, when Republicans are, are polled, 80% of Republicans want to see Citizens United overturned, want to end unlimited spending from corporations, big business, and unions in, in elections. Um, and But that really hasn't translated until now into Republican support uh, in office uh, for a constitutional amendment. And that's really what uh, this victory in New York represents is that we're getting the support of Republicans in office who are taking the bold step of saying this is what I principally, that I'm principled step that they believe that big money shouldn't be controlling our political process and they want to stand with us in calling for that. Yeah, and I mean, 80% is staggering in almost any poll these days, especially on a an issue that you would think was, was somehow contentious amongst the American people when you see how hard, uh, you know, special interests have dug in their heels uh, to keep, you know, the money flowing unaccounted for or money flowing uh, throughout our political system. But when you see 80% of, of the Republicans that polled uh, support this, it's kind of not kind of it is sad that this is the first state with a republican uh controlled uh you know house or body that that has supported this uh you know basically calling for a constitutional amendment to overturn citizens united um you know the other thing that i think most of our audience has a good idea of is is how anonymous money has poisoned uh, our democracy since uh 2010 when citizens united um the Supreme Court basically made it so that, you know, any amount of dark money completely unaccounted for unlimited amounts of money could be injected not only into, uh, you know, our presidential elections, but we've seen it all the way from president on down to the Koch brothers pushing to have uh, judges in Wisconsin school board elections. Now that would be, you know, just such small amounts of money being spent, just absolutely staggering numbers to basically pay to play, you know, have these elections bought and sold. I mean, I don't think there's any other way to say it than, than just to be bluntly be honest about it. But um, in terms of, of numbers, Jonah, what kind of numbers are we talking about money-wise, just to give people an idea of, of how this has affected uh, our democracy since Citizens United came into effect? Sure. Well, this election cycle, um, there's a new number out that that's predicted that $11.7 billion dollars <sighs> is expected to be spent on on advertisement um, by by the candidates 11.7 billion dollars that's staggering um, and that's a, just the idea of, of what that money could do but also how hard it is for someone like me or you who well i mean i, I don't know your income but i, I know mine and I, if i you know want to support I'm not, a candidate I'm not doing anything be, around 11.7 billion <laughs> I, don't, I don't even think if i want yeah, yeah, no it's a, it's a lot for me i i could give maybe 50 dollars. what was just to give you an idea the powerball remember the crazy powerball what was like maybe about oh god it was a few months ago and people were going absolutely crazy i think it was maybe like 1.2 billion or something it broke up the billboards i remember on the throughway would only go up to like 999 million it was just like more money than you could imagine your whole life and you're talking 11 times no almost 12 times that amount in just one election on ads and and people complain about negative ads and how they get sick of seeing them on their tv well i can't imagine how many ads you're going to see for 11.7 billion dollars it's really amazing well they're saying it's 10 to 12 percent of the average average revenue for for these advertisers for the big for the you know the big business the big advertisers it's over 10% of their revenue is through this political advertisement. And, and, you know, it also shows, like, why radio shows like yours and programs like yours are so important in the media, because the media 
is they have a conflict of interest. They're, they're making a tremendous amount of their money through this advertisement. So, so they like what's happening, um, and it's hard for, for them to really play an honest enough role and a powerful enough role in exposing it and calling for an end to it. Um, and, and it, you know, it, it really is from such a small group of people. It's 50 families um, had spent, as of February, New York Times did a release information where 50 families had spent nearly half the amount of money that had been spent from outside spenders on the presidential election. So it's an incredibly small group of people that's, that has such vast influence over the political process, and it really changes policy. It really changes the way people think, the way people act, um, whether it's because they're corrupt or it's whether it's that the people who are not corrupt or not, or not caring about that agenda just don't make it back to office. Um, and it, it's it really, it's amazing that one example of there's one big agribusiness guy in Iowa where everyone, every presidential, every Republican presidential candidate went and met with him. And it wasn't because he was representing a lot of people or big interest. It was because he was representing a lot of money. And they had to shape their policy and work to engage with this one person um, when, food, when food is something that affects all of us. And it's not, so it's not good for any, for any of us when our food policy, when our climate change policy, when our policy affecting small business, affecting veterans, affecting healthcare, affecting education is being controlled by such a small group of people, especially when those people are generally out of touch with the interests of most people in this country. Especially because then I think the other challenge is when people learn about this, and we'll get to this towards the end, is when people get just to the feeling of being hopeless when they feel, how can I do something about someone who's clearly so powerful? But then these are the moments that we have to absolutely, you know, highlight and, and shout from the rooftops because it shows, like you said, this is, um, you know, a, a state in New York that has uh, the first one of with Republican control in either house of, of the uh, 17 states to call for this uh, to happen, to overturn Citizens United for this constitutional amendment. Um, it's a very big deal. And I think it gives, I don't want to say cover, but you know how sometimes, you know, one person, you know, jumps in the water, it's a lot easier for the, the, the second or third or one person goes on the dance floor, forgive my poor analogy. It's, it's, a, it's a lot less intimidating to, to be the next one after. So um, I just want wondering what your thoughts are at whether or not this makes it more likely or any more likely that we could see other Republican-led states follow suit at some point. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really, Republicans are warming up to this. And Senator Lindsey Graham uh, from, from uh, South Carolina went around campaigning um, for, you know, winning his campaign for president, calling for a constitutional amendment. Um, there are more and more um, and, he, and, you know, as we discussed earlier, Republican voters want to see Citizens United overturned. But this is, the, this is what we see, is that um, policymakers don't represent the electorate. And there's the Princeton study that's often cited uh, that shows that there's literally no correlation between what the, the American populace cares about and thinks and what happens um, in Congress, and that it's really entirely based on a small... Uh, small, small special interest of well-funded donors that's controlling that policy. And this is just one example of that. And I think we're starting to get through. We're starting, you know, we mobilized, um, uh, you know, thousands of people went to D.C. to protest earlier this year. Yeah, we had Democracy um, Spring and then and then Democracy Awakening, which I think that, that really, honestly, I mean, I, I felt so empowered to be around so many people 
who I knew there were other people out there, but it's different when you meet the people face to face and you see people from all different walks of life, and then you see them basically, you know, just be be willing to to, to get arrested for what they believe in. It just makes you feel so much less apathetic, I think. And and in people like you know, there, there's people who are involved in this in a professional and personal level like ourselves, but there's plenty of other people who you know realize how bad the problem is, but want want to get engaged and just wonder if anything's ever going to happen to change it. And I and I think again, not to, to you know, harp on the same point here, but it can't be understated how important uh, and how big of a deal, as Joe Biden said, how big of an effing deal this is. Yeah, that's right. And, he, and but yeah, and people really are starting to recognize that. And it was amazing to me, one of my favorite moments, and I, you know, helped to organize Democracy Awakening and been reaching out to people and talking to people about it, was standing there as people started to arrive for the first day of the teaching. And we literally had people from all over the country. It turned out um, people signed in from 37 states. Um, and it, it was just so exciting that people heard the call, said, I care about this, and took the time and effort to get out to D.C. for this protest. And as you you said more than 1,300 people um, sat in and were arrested over that over that week and a half period. People really are upset about this, and I think that's really starting to resonate. You know, we there's a certain point where where the people's voice really can overcome uh, the voices that we're fighting against uh, of the small small special interests, and and it just but it's going to take work, and, it, and I think we. We don't want to just be angry about this, that that leads to apathy, it leads to people not voting, which which happened in our last election. We want to feel empowered, and we want to feel like we can take this back. And I think that's really happening. I think there are people who are running on this this election. Um, We're really happy to see that the Democrats um, just released a whole package of democracy reforms that includes calling for a constitutional amendment, ending the revolving door, Uh, really good reforms um, that they're calling for, maybe not expecting to win in this Congress, but definitely seeing as an election issue um, and want to run on it. And I think more and more candidates are seeing that democracy issues and also the other side of the coin, which is equally important, is ending the attacks on voting rights and making voting more accessible. And and all of those things are key election issues this cycle and are, are things that we can win on and that candidates can win on and we can make sure by getting involved locally, uh, that that we can win on those things. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about who are involved with the Bernie campaign, and Bernie really these issues, uh, and he, he's still running, are really central to his campaign. And to me, I think for people who are in, and have been involved with that campaign, getting involved locally and making sure that we're raising these issues locally, that people care about these issues, are winning elections on a very local level and everywhere up to Congress and, and the presidency. Um, really is how we can continue the political revolution that he's called for in, in calling for action. And, and not everyone has to be a Bernie supporter to be part of that movement, but I think it has to be on every single level of government that we're making these changes a reality. No, I think that's a great point because you did see how it really mobilized a portion of the electorate. I mean, like you said, whether people supported Bernie or not, I I personally happen to uh, vote and volunteer for him in the primary. I I will be supporting Hillary Clinton in in the general election, um, you know, if she is officially to be our candidate which it, for the Democrats, which it looks like she will be. But that said, I think, as, as he has said, it's bigger than this election. It's bigger than one person. Um, and we see how important local elections are. I mean, look at, uh, uh, as we go to break, you know, one one point we can bring up is look at North Carolina when you see how, how poorly things can go if you let the 
power locally get into the hands of the wrong people or in Wisconsin uh, with Scott Walker with the unions losing their collective bargaining and the, the type of things that are happening in the state of Illinois uh, under their governor right now. It's it's absolutely devastating. So uh, when we get back from break, we're going to talk more about the uh, positive aspects of this great news about uh, New York State uh, becoming the 17th state to call for a constitutional amendment overturning Citizens United. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more with Jonah about the long-term goals of public citizen and the movement here regarding money in politics and how we get uh, from where we are now to where we want to be. If you'd like to ask Jonah uh, a question, you can do so at 8886-LESLIE. That's 888-653-7543. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. This is Mark Grimaldi in for Leslie Marshall. You're listening to The Leslie Marshall Show. Truth for all sides of the spectrum. 888-6-LESLIE. Back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Grimaldi in for Leslie Marshall. One more segment with Jonah Minkoff-Zern of Public Citizen. He's the co-director of Public Citizen's Democracy is for People campaign for a constitutional amendment to overturn the Citizens United Supreme Court ruling and take control of our nation away from billionaires and big business and restore it to the people. Jonah, welcome back to the show. Thank you again uh, for joining us. I wanted to ask you again what I had wanted to break with, uh, which is what I think a lot of people want to know, Jonah. Uh, is they want to know what's the light at the end of the tunnel? What are our long-term goals? I think it's very important to think on two levels, as you know, being an organizer of this, which is what can we do right now? How do we start? But then we have to kind of know, okay, what's our ultimate goal? So what do you say, you know, to to people when they ask, what are the long-term goals of the movement regarding money in politics? And how do we get to there from where, where we are right now? Sure. First of all, I would ask that everyone go to democracyisforpeople.org and sign the petition there, and that will get you on our email list, and you can stay up to date with what we're doing with the campaign. Say it one more time. Sure, democracyisforpeople.org. Jonah sends out Uh, good stuff. I have to just say I'm on his email list, and I always, I can, I have certain people who email me where I'm just like, where's the unsubscribe button? And Jonah, I always get like good emails from, uh, including uh, the article. Actually, you're the person I first found out about the Democrats' uh, Senate package uh, for these democracy uh, initiatives, and that was before I got it on my like, you know, Newswire app. So I just have to give you a little plug there, Jonah. Anyway, go ahead. Thanks a lot, Mark. And, and people should email me, you know, jzern at citizen.org, Z-E-R-N, jzern at citizen.org, if you want to be put you know, more on our activist high-level list, then I'm happy to do that, too. Um, and so, I w- you know, where we're going is I would say we're, you know, there's a real chance um, that another justice to the Supreme Court, um, now that, you know, after Scalia's passing, would would overturn the uh, Citizens United ruling, depending on who our next justice is. And you know, one of the demands we have to ask for right now is a fair hearing. Whether or not you like Obama's appointment, whether or not you like Garland, or we don't have a position on whether we like him or not, we do have a position that the Senate should not be obstructing justice 
and preventing a fair hearing on President Obama's appointment. And, and we're coming up on 100 days since he appointed him, and there's been no action on it. And it's about to be a record uh, for the wow. amount of time that the Senate hasn't acted. But if, if when we do have another justice, if it is a justice who, who's, who's inclined to overturn Citizens United, um, and Shelby, incidentally, the, the ruling that um, gutted the Voting Rights Act, there's a real chance that a Supreme Court would do what we're trying to do. That doesn't mean that our organizing is not essential. When, when a Supreme Court decides which cases to hear and whether to overturn precedent, they really look to what's happening in the public, what have been the real-life implications of their rulings. So, so it's absolutely essential that we keep advancing this and getting more states to call for an amendment. Um, but we have to also be looking at the broader democracy movement. We have to look at how do we make it easier to vote. Um, Illinois just became the third state to have automatic voting registration. There's no reason why, with, with everything working on the Internet right now, why if someone moves to a state, they shouldn't be automatically registered to vote. There's no reason there shouldn't be a barrier, that there should be a barrier for people voting. Um, you know, uh, election day should be a holiday. There are many different things that could make it much easier to vote in the United States and to make people feel like they want to be part of the process. Another thing is small donor matching funds, something we're advocating for on a state level here in New York and on a federal level. Uh, the Fair Elections Now Act should be something that's passed on a federal level that gives people uh, that matches small donors' contributions. So I think that that's absolutely essential, and that won't happen through a constitutional amendment. We have to pass legislation doing that. And it makes it, it changes the dynamic of the election. So they have it in New York City, and in New York City where people have small donor matching funds, more women run for office, more people of color run for office, and the contributions come from a broad pool of donors. In the same districts where people are running for state office where they don't have those matching funds, Jonah, I am so sorry we are out of time. That's Jonah Minkoff-Zern. Check out democracyisforpeople.org. This is Mark Grimaldi and for Leslie Marshall. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive. Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love.